0: discussion is called beautiful days beautiful days came out in 2001 so this year is the 20th anniversary of the show congratulations beautiful days <laughs> in case you've been counting down to this moment beautiful days as part of the heaven trilogy which is what uh director Su wanted to pursue um, the heaven trilogy consists of beautiful days as well as Stairway to Heaven and another show with the word heaven in it. And it has Pakshina in it. I didn't see it. Honestly, it doesn't look like a good show. So I'm never going to watch it. I'm not interested. Beautiful Days is the first of this trilogy. And I think the reason why it's part of the Heaven trilogy is because the song that Yi hyun is singing on Beautiful Days is called Heaven and um this show is quite unique in that it shows you like the early days of like k-pop development and how record labels used to work with their artists and like the whole selection process of the open call audition and like you know seeking talent in korea right um Lee plays the young woman who is on her way to becoming a k-pop star and um yeah it's, it's quite fascinating i love this show so much um and you know i i quite love a lot of these shows that i saw during my teen years and i really love this show because i was like at the peak of my adolescence during this time and i had just turned 14 okay <laughs> like we're talking like max like for age fourteen is like maximum adolescent pubescent change, okay? Chiji, who plays Yonsu on this show, she is the star of the show. She was like fast emerging as Hallyu's like top star all across Asia. Okay. This is one year before she starred in Winter Sonata with yong Jun or Yon Sama, as he's more well-known across Japan. And it was two years before Stairway to Heaven. Both of those shows were like, you know, sensational hits, you know, across Asia. Um, but Beautiful Days, for me, on a personal level, caused massive emotional tumult and mental chaos, okay? Because the year before Chiju was in Beautiful Days, she was in another Korean drama called Truth, AKA Chinshi. And she was in that with Yushiwon, and they played lovers on that show. Okay, it was a very like complex, um, intense kind of drama. All right, like there was like fucking amnesia in there. There was a cold, cruel-hearted bitch in there that was trying to sabotage everything. It was it was intense for me. Um, but just a year later, Jiu is in Beautiful Days opposite Yi Byung Hun as her love interest. But her former co-star from *Truth*, Yu Shiwon, is also in that show. Except now, Yu Shiwon is playing the third wheel to Chiju and Yi Bieun. And in my young mind, I was just like, "What the fuck is happening?" You know what I'm saying? Because like, it was just too weird. I was still recovering from the intense melodrama of the year. Before that, when Chiju and Yu were fighting for their love together on Qinxie, on truth. So it's like, wait, now Chiju's moved on and she's gonna be Yi byung lover now? like, And Yu Shiwan's gonna be watching helplessly from the sidelines? This was just too much for me, okay? Like, as a young viewer, I just couldn't handle the weirdness. And I remember while I was watching these beautiful day videos, like week by week with my mom, I would be yelling at the TV going like, this is too weird, I can't stand it. And my mom's like, shut up, I can't hear the television. So my tiny growing mind and soul could not handle the shock of this sudden change, all right? Like I I genuinely feel like the producers should have given it at least two years, you know? Cause like even, I don't know have you guys seen that movie revolutionary road with kate winslet and leonardo dicaprio like even though revolutionary road came out like you know almost a decade after titanic i was my brain was still recovering from leo's death with kate winslet from titanic and then seeing them on on in another film revolutionary road which was very emotionally intense um and spoiler alert fucking kate winslet dies in that in that movie um i was just like i was like reeling in the emotional aftermath of revolutionary road because it was like also tied to titanic but anyway um i love beautiful days so much i think it's a masterpiece every single actor on this show deserves like a golden globe an emmy an oscar Give them it give them all of it. The Tony, the Grammy, give them all give them all the awards because Chi Jiu, Yi Bian, Yu Shi Yi Jiang all of them played such immensely complex characters and their performances were top notch, like grade A. All right. Uh maybe some people might look at it and be like, Well, this is, you know, very Makjang. Makjang meaning like, you know, quote unquote, the worst, the absolute worst over the top spectacle of a soap that, you know, Korean dramas can possibly be. But I think um, Beautiful Days had a little bit more elo- like eloquence and sophistication than pure makjang. Like it wasn't like watching Penthouse, for God's sakes. You know, Beautiful Days was written by Yoon sung Yi, and she's written about a dozen Korean TV shows. The only other show that she's written that I have also seen is called Shoot for the Stars or Bior을 Suda. <inaudible> which stars Jeon do and Jo in Wow, what a coupling. I liked that show okay, but I love Beautiful Days. First of all, I'll say that Beautiful Days probably contributes to my terrible addiction for toxic masculinity. Yi byung on this show plays the most awful, most toxic, most terrible communicator you have ever seen in the history of television. I mean, he is the absolute worst, okay? And unfortunately, Unfortunately, this show frames him as incredibly attractive while being this horrible piece of shit. I'm not going to lie. I was affected by this. I was genuinely affected by this portrayal of masculinity. Okay, like that kind of predatorial behavior. Right, that's being exercised. I mean, we need to acknowledge that this is in the pre Me Too era, okay? But Yi Byung-un's character on that show checks off every single box of a hyper masculine predator and a toxic boss, all right? On the other hand, his love interest played by Chijoo, who plays Su on the show. She's the most passive doormat of a human being on this program, okay? Her character is incredibly frustrating on so many levels. It's like, why don't you just fucking explain yourself? You know, why can't you speak up? It's so frustrating. So watching this combination on television can be triggering now today in the me too era because you know it's just it's unacceptable right seeing this today so keep that in mind as you're as you're watching this but the reason why i say that this show is masterful is because it is supremely well written okay it brings everybody to their knees like everybody gets their just desserts in the end all right Chiju, right yeonsoo she is so kind and passive and giving and selfless on this show, right? Like the the epitome of the, quote unquote, virtuous good woman. And everybody around her is haranguing her, making crazy demands, and she gets fucking leukemia, okay? Like, in the end, she gets fucking leukemia! Like, she's about to die any moment, that level of leukemia. And the shock of this diagnosis pretty much forces all the characters to put aside their bullshit and come to her aid, right? So it's extreme. It's an extreme narrative device and a choice, but yeah, maybe some of you think it's hacky. It kind of is, but let's keep in mind, the show came out in 2001, and for 2001, Leukemia wasn't too hack. It was pretty much expected and kind of necessary. Okay, just a year ago they fucking killed off Song Hyukyo on that show Kardonga. What is it? Autumn, Autumn Tale, or Story of Autumn? Whatever. The 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 show with Song Hyukyo, the one where she dies of leukemia. So you know, people were kind of like used to this. It's almost like an expectation at this point. right? the levels of change that Yi Byung huns character undergoes, right, is just so immense. Like. The moment he learns that Yunsu has leukemia, he just goes through this radical transformation. It's almost painful to watch. All right. So he loses that smoldering, arid, you know, stoic quality to him, and he becomes a little bit more goofy and cheesy, you know, like in order to accommodate Yunsu, honestly. But yeah, I mean, like I, I kind of had to turn away at times. It was just a bit much. I know that I make fun of Lee Byung-un a lot on this show whenever I mention him. And it's kind of justified because around the time of his big success in the Y2K moment of our history, he was dating a lot of women. He dated Song Yeg-yoo, like I said. But over the years, uh, post-breakup with Song Yeg-yoo, he was involved in numerous scandals. All right. Like there were women complaining about psychological and emotional abuse from him. And all of these women and their call outs were dismissed by the print media as blackmailers full of hearsay. But again, this is pre-MeToo era. And in pre-MeToo era Korea, pretty much any woman who spoke out against a male celebrity was going to be written up as a blackmailer. I mean, that's how it went. Okay so this is why the me too movement is such a powerful moment in our history. So Yi Byung-hun got away with a, lo- a lot of his scandals is my point, okay? If he had gotten these scandals written up, you know, in around 2007-2008, you know, his career would have looked very very different. But Yi byung is one of the very very few Korean stars who has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He also has representation from some big talent agencies out here in Hollywood. Another unfortunate thing is that Yushi Won, okay, his career took a massive hit after his ex-wife accused him of stalking her and surveilling her against her will and without her knowledge or consent, right? So there's been accusations of domestic abuse as well, and yeah, like yuxi career never recovered from that. The massive irony is that yuxi always played the good boy or the nice boy in all of his TV shows. I mean, he was a huge star among, you know, K-drama fans, you know, among, you know, women my age when we were all teenagers, when we were growing up. So revisiting Beautiful Days 20 years after, after it aired, it's, it comes with a lot of complex emotions for me. With that said, I am a big fan of this show, and you could watch it on Drama Cool for free. So there you go. You have access to the show. I thought long and hard about why leukemia is such a common trope or source of death for sappy Korean soap operas from the late 1990s and early 2000s. Like, why specifically leukemia? Okay, like why not just stomach cancer or brain cancer? Why leukemia specifically? Uh, And leukemia is a specific kind of cancer that's related to blood and bone marrow, right? And Korea has this very weird relationship when it comes to blood. A lot of it has to do with colonization and mobilizing Korean nationalism for South Korea's reconstruction from the devastation of war and the years of colonization just prior to the Korean War. So nationalism serves a cause during times of rupture or national crisis and we see this in every single country right we, you know in most recent american history we saw this around 911 and we saw we saw what america's um inflated sense of patriotism did right it caused more xenophobia there was you know a greater sense of anti-muslim hatred that led to immense racialized hate and violence against middle eastern and south asian american citizens in this country right in korea's context tropes of blood related diseases like leukemia they're tied to xenophobia and anti-colonial sentiment And while these are separate, they are interrelated. And the anti-colonial sentiment is specifically anti-Japanese. I would say Kyuk Shin is a great scholar you can turn to for reading more on Korean nationalism and this whole, quote unquote, pure blood concept that is very prevalent in the Korean discourse. Uh, Kyuk Shin does a really wonderful job of connecting how anti-coloniality transformed into xenophobia of not just... Japanese people but of all races and ethnicities in Korea. When you look at Korean dramas where the female protagonists get leukemia, she's pretty much always had family issues okay She's almost always an orphan or she's you know she has a single parent or, or something. There's some kind of complexity when it comes to her family tree. There's a, there's this uncertainty as to where this orphan female protagonist is from because she's an orphan and, you know, like, like Yunsu is in Beautiful Days, nobody knows what her real ethnicity is. Nobody really knows what her blood identity is because they don't know who her parents are. There's no way to trace that, right? So, so the female orphan protagonists on Korean dramas who get leukemia are surrogates of Korea's issues around xenophobia. Okay? And that's combined with Korea's hang-ups around this pure-blood patrilineal belief, as well as xenophobia just in general. Okay, So xenophobia of just all non-Korean ethnicities. While mobilizing nationalism for economic stabilization and cultural enhancements were useful, they were useful tools in the early post-Korean war years, these beliefs need to take a chill in the present day okay i mean like the consequences of nationalism of any kind in any country is always going to have terrible consequences because it involves exclusionary politics that's how it works all right i said this before and i'll say it again but korea needs to reckon with its transformations all right it's intra-asian violence and hate that is that is kind of flocking, it's it's transferring over to the diasporic communities across the world, all right? Intra-Asian hate and violence stems from the motherland and its histories. Let's not forget that, okay? So if we have intra-Asian hate and violence in within the Asian American community, we need to acknowledge where that comes from. We need to understand where it originates from, and, and that will be the process to healing and transformation, okay? So if you're Korean and you're about my age, then you grew up with parents who were pretty anti-Japanese and pretty much anti any Asian ethnicity, okay? We inherited some really deep-seated biases and we we really need to actively resist and correct them in our own words and actions in our day-to-day lives, all right? Let's remember that. Let's remember that and it's possible, it's doable. We're doing it right now being xenophobic is different from celebrating your own culture okay being proud of your heritage is different from looking down on another person's heritage celebration can lead to greater celebration of others all right it doesn't need to come with any baggage of hate so let's celebrate our roots and our neighbors roots let's try and see the commonalities in that celebration let's learn from one another and offer respect okay? There's a lot to be gained from acknowledging our common proximities rather than be ignorant or afraid of them, all right? So my challenge for myself and for you today is how can we learn to be a better neighbor? How can we be a good neighbor? Let's think about that. Today's guest is amazing. His name is Jaron George. He is a Portland, Oregon-based comedian. He's originally from Brooklyn. I love Jaron. He is a wondrous soul and a very talented comic he cracks me up he's the host of it pod desk podcast which you can find on spotify he also hosts settled on Catan podcast which you can stream on twitch you'll also find him on spec script which i've been on once like a couple of months ago. I really enjoyed it. I love the Portland comedy community. They're a wonderful bunch. I love all their gimmick shows. It's amazing. I I had so much fun when I was in Portland. And I really enjoyed recording this episode with Jaron, So I hope you like it too. You got a nice setup. You got a pretty sweet setup there.
1: Thank you. I'm an IT personnel and Uh... um, I have to look professional, but people uh, are just roasting me in my... uh company it was just like uh, oh I didn't know this is NPR uh, <laughs> uh I entered it I was like a uh, very funny Allison
0: <laughs> good one Allison man how are you it's been a minute
1: I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, um, right now I can't go out because, uh, yeah, the pandemic, that's one. Uh, that's the second one. thing is there's a lot of snow and ice and uh, oh, really? I have a very frail body and I don't want to, you know, bruise a hip or anything.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you grew up in uh, Brooklyn, though. You're used to snow.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm used to it. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like really nice here. It's like 60 degrees in L.A., sunny. It's a little windy but okay now.
1: <laughs> oh, fair enough we're making it work here in portland you know
0: i i'm i miss it i we met at the haha ha harvest comedy festival oh last, flashback yeah like, yeah getting close to two years now and, and a flashback man was that that was such a fun festival like i genuinely enjoyed every moment of that festival
1: yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I was really happy like to be part of to like help run it and stuff, and um, yeah. yeah, it's just like, uh, man, I, I've been to a festival where like it was really like like I was really the anx- like anxiety I had. I was in uh-huh. D- the DC Comedy Festival and they bumped me like for their local yeah. pals like times. The show started at eight p.m. I didn't go up till like around like eleven thirty.
0: <gasps> Three hours.
1: Three hours, yeah. That's but like, fucked up. Yeah, you know, but, like, uh, I like ones where it's just, like, real fun and, you know, you get to meet cool people mm-hmm. and, like, it's just, um, yeah, and, you know, we're, we're eating, you know, yes. uh, everything's, like, close by.
0: Yes, I still remember those, the, the beer sponsorship you guys had, it was, like, Blue Label with, like, rainbow colors, like, what was that beer sponsor?
1: Oh, you talking about the Montucky?
0: Yes! That beer was amazing. Ah. Oh yeah i love those beer cans
1: if they're listening hey get the good get the sponsor <laughs> the sponsorships out
0: yeah i I'm, I'm looking for sponsors i love those beers though and um yeah it was like a genuinely fun time and i i actually enjoyed like the cooler weather and like the, i remember at one point it did start snowing while i was there because it was like late fall
1: Oh yeah, that was the little magic we we put on the festival. Oh, okay, yeah. I think oh, that was around God. the end. Yeah, and uh-huh, we were just like, yeah. "Yo, let the snow fall, make it look festive."
0: You planned it. You planned it for us, um, L.A. dorks who don't get any snow out here. Hey, we're just yeah. trying
1: to enlighten you. You know, we're just you know, <laughs> share some insights.
0: So I'm sh- I'm, I'm recording this um, on February fifteenth. Did you do anything on Valentine's Day?
1: Um. No, I did a joke. <laughs> I did a post where I was just like, um. Uh, I er hugged, I was like, happy Valentine's Day, I hugged everything in my room that I love, (laughs) (laughs) and then I get, I got, like, um, like, those care, um, reactions and the hearts, and I was like, no, this won't cut it, this is too sad.
0: Yeah, it bummed you out even more. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: was like, yeah, I had to delete it, I was like, no, I don't.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's like it always sucks. Like it's kind of like when you're on stage and you tell a joke that's like it's open and vulnerable and then everybody yeah. goes, "Aw," and you're like, "Wait, that wasn't supposed to trigger that response. It was supposed right. to crack
1: you up. Well, the thing is, like, um, Twitter, like it works on Twitter. I don't feel yes. any of that because I know what I'm, what I'm tweeting into. I'm, I'm tweeting yeah. into a cesspool, you know. Yeah. So, like, but Facebook it's like friends and family. You're just like, oh, Jared's <laughs> hanging it all right. I mean, I know there's no comedy, but he's really hurting, you know. So I'm just <laughs> like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like let's take Jaron to church. We need to find him, find him somebody nice. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was just like, come on, people, even even other comics too. I'm just
0: like, you hey guys, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just ignore me like you used to. You yeah, know?
0: just let me be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I kind of hate Valentine's Day. I think it's like one of the worst days ever.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah it's it's like man like even yeah like uh the posts and and stuff and just like you know the whole capitalism of it all too the capitalism
0: of it all and it's also like i shouldn't have to take the fact that people are like in love personally and yet (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i feel myself taking it personally i'm like why you shoving this in my face huh it's
1: everywhere (laughs) you know man
0: yeah they gotta cut that shit out
1: yeah there's uh they did like a valentine's challenge and i was just like oh God, Mm. (laughs) like, I'm not reading all this. (laughs) I don't want to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so you, uh, I remember at the time when we, um, when we met up at the festival, you were driving for, you were like driving for Lyft or Uber or something. Oh yeah. But, but now you're doing the, the IT thing.
1: Yeah. What's um, that
0: transition like?
1: It's weird. Like, um, I never started a job, like working remotely and, um, I'm going to tell you right now, I had to spice that resume up. Like, you know, just, <laughs> you know, I just yeah. had to like, I'm just like, add this, add that. I'm not fabricating that. <laughs> I've experienced it. Therefore, yes. it's in the resume. Okay. <laughs> Talk to my employer. So like, it's just like, um you know, like, uh and especially the interviews. Oh my God. I, I interviewed probably like three or four times with different wow. people in this uh, uh, uh company. And uh, I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to get this. I just, um, my, um, the, the job I got after, uh, Lyft, I was working at this warehouse, like helping like, uh, like electronics, like recycle sure. electronics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they're good, we get to sell it on eBay. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's, only if it works and whatnot, mm-hmm. but like, um, this job while that was happening I'm like sneezing in this warehouse like I'm sneezing a lot like mm-hmm. snot is dripping out of me and I'm just like there's two times I have to like go home and I was like I can't work like this so I'm trying mm-hmm. to get this job and I'm getting interviewed three or four times and guess what I I can't believe I got it and um, yeah, yeah I, I was expecting like a you know a good like average salary, like the entry level, and then when, sure. when they show me, I was just like, "Oh, this is not, <laughs> this is not entry at all. <laughs> like, mm. this is not." So, um, I got MacBooks. I gotta uh, yes. give out to employees, new employees. I gotta ask for MacBooks back from ones who got fired. That's mm. weird. I'm I gotta, weird. <laughs> I gotta like tell them like, "Hey, buddy, um, I need you to uh, send that back. You know, please. Thank you. Yeah. Here's the shipping label. You know, <laughs> and then like." <laughs> After probably, like, a, a week or two, like, I had to get a little direct, so I was like, hey, we need the MacBook back. You want your last paycheck? Give us the MacBook, <laughs> you know? so. Yeah. so.
0: It was like a hostage situation. Yeah. yeah. That actually happened to a friend of mine. She um, got a job, it was like a new job, and she was struggling. She was struggling and, like, kind of clicking with that new crowd, the Mm. the new workplace crowd and they were kind of like hazing her a little bit treating her like shit and then they fired her like a month into the job and she had never been fired before so she was trauma and she has a big ego so she was traumatized Mm. and they sent somebody over to her house to pick up the computer that they lent her yeah it was brutal and i was just like fuck they don't play around wait
1: did they give her like a warning or anything like hr were just like hey Let's no. work something out. Wow. They were
0: just like, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. And the fucked up thing is, like, the people that she was working with, mm-hmm. she would tell them, like, look, I, I know I'm still kind of new at this and I'm still learning a lot. And that bitch was taking, like, night classes and shit in order to, like, catch up oh. to their standards and paying out of pocket for that. Mm-hmm. And they, they kept telling her, no, you're going to be fine. You're doing great. It takes a while. And then they just fucking fired her. Yeah.
1: Shit yeah I, a
0: guy just showed up at our doorstep was like give us the macbook damn
1: <laughs> give us all the company stuff you you signed a contract like yeah that's... <laughs>
0: wouldn't it be fucked up if they were also like also give us like that painting on your wall and you, know, you, you sucked so hard like give us your your lucro you know fucking dutch oven like give us the sh- give us your things right like no, like something on the
1: contract where you're just like yeah. oh yes um uh, you didn't read the fine print. Once you get fired, we take one thing that you love. Yeah. yeah ooh, for that wasting puppy.
0: Our, yeah, wasting our time. So give us your dog. What's that okay. puppy's name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, getting getting fired is painful. Yeah.
1: Um, um I just hope uh, because this is a startup company, and uh, my mentor mm-hmm. already just like, hey, I'm leaving. Like first, I thought she's gonna be on leave because she's having a baby. Like in uh-huh. April, though. But like she just sprung it up on me and I was just like, Oh and then she was just like, Hey, I'm just gonna let you know. Like she just told me every like right. almost everything. Some of it was vague, so she was uh-huh. like, You might want to like check your res like get your resume ready and stuff like that. I was like, Okay. Wow. I just hope I get like um I hope oh, I want one of those uh, what do you call those packages? Uh they give you those severance packages. Se- severance oh, packages. Yeah, yeah, I want that. Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> i am just like just just Yeah. Is this going to yeah. last me for the whole year? Yeah, just give it to me. Let's. Oh, man. So
0: um, let's talk about your comedy career a little bit. Did you start out in Brooklyn or did you start out in D.C.? Because you lived in D.C. a little bit, too, right?
1: Oh, no, not D.C. No, New York. Oh, okay. um, yeah, born and raised. Um, I, only, I only went to D.C. for that festival. And, oh, okay. Well, yeah, like I said, it was an experience, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I almost started in New York, actually, Mm -hmm. like, uh, but it's, like, one of those pay-to-play places, like, um, it was, like, you had to, like, either give out flyers, or, oh, no, no, you had to, like, invite, like, a couple people and stuff. Yeah, the bringer Um, shows. Yeah, yeah, it was a bringer show. Um, funny thing, I still had to do that when I I went on the Broadway Comedy Club for the first time, that was in 2018, but Mm -hmm. anyways, um, yeah, I started in, uh, in Portland, and, um, I remember, yeah, it was, like, 2013, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was just, like, an open mic in uh, northeast Portland, the comedy, uh, Curious Comedy Club, yeah.
0: Nice.
1: No, Curious Comedy Theater, I don't want to give it a name,
0: club, it's uh-huh. not... <laughs> yeah, but, um, theater or yeah. Something. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, yeah, um, I mean, the bringer show situation, that's, like, in every, almost every single, like city in the united states where they have like decent comedy kind of scene yeah um and i fucking hate it like i don't think i've ever done a bringer show just because i don't like the 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 policy of it and the the ideology behind it i just don't find it yeah i'm like politically against it
1: right and and I can I see why they do it, because I um I could tell, like, uh, certain businesses, they're, they're struggling, you know? <laughs> like, if you sure. have to do, like, a bringer show, it's just, like, yeah. and, um like, if I want to do a show like that, like, I don't think I'm going to have fun, because yeah. I'm going to be on stage, because I feel pressured, you know? Like, yes. I feel pressured, like, they need to do well, that's why they have me, that's why they asked me to bring my friends, you know? <laughs> so, just, you know, you're thinking all that, and you, like, you have to perform, this, yeah, this is not... This is not fun. And it's always it's always at a place where it's just, like, kind of run down a little bit. Yeah. And you're just like, hey, we got we to gotta take the side, next. we're going to um, take the side to an alleyway.
0: <laughs> I know. It's, like, grimy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. There's a griminess to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and they, like, it's, like, rigged, too. You know, right. it's rigged for whoever brings the most people and... <laughs>
1: There's always a catch too. It's just like, yeah, you brought five people, but they didn't buy anything at the bar, so <laughs> the deal's off.
0: <laughs> I yeah, it's the whole racket of it that drives me insane. But yeah, but Portland's got a great scene, you know. Like, yeah. actually, I used to like fantasize because I moved out to LA six years ago this year. Mm. But I used to fantasize like back when I was still living in New York about moving to Portland because I just loved the idea of it. You know? yeah yeah i mean and i'm not gonna lie and i know like you, you know now you're a portlander like this might be annoying but like portlandia <laughs> did have a lot to do with that romanticization yeah. You
1: know? yeah 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 there was there was a way um no here's the thing like for me it was kind of it's, it's a little bit different i i can't I really explain it and it's still happening here because like it feels mm. like uh like i don't there's a lot of community building that i've yes. uh that i've witnessed like you know Mm -hmm. and it's uh it's really weird too because people are like connected it's like a web of connections here now i didn't start living in portland uh before that it was san francisco for two years so was like yeah 2011 2012 and then yeah i moved to portland for a little bit and um i worked at an outdoor education camp in connecticut but i came Mm -hmm. back in 2014 (laughs) yeah it's weird so but like um when i first visited portland um yeah, it was I was really blown away because like uh, the job that I've worked in San Francisco, there was like a office there mm-hmm. and I wanted to see to get that job there as well in mm-hmm. Portland. I turned down a New York uh, like a salary job. Like I was going to be like a PE instructor kind of type mm-hmm. job um, in New York. I turned it down to work like a part-time after school instructor in wow. <laughs> some like so kind of wealthy elementary mm-hmm. school in Forest Park. And yeah, and like I didn't get paid a lot but you know what I was doing comedy I was meeting new cool people yes. and um the funny thing is like uh I um this band uh, that I've uh, listened to since like, like 2008 they're from Portland too you mm-hmm. know it's just yeah it's great yeah um what's I have, the band uh, uh the thermals oh, okay yeah um yeah i have a yeah i have a good friend who's um you know who's my roommate now like he's here and you know mm-hmm. and, and it was just like and then that's how like comedy like really opened up you know it's, yeah. it's crazy and then like the funny thing is the people who i know who works in comedy worked at my old job or you know like right. uh, you know things like that it's mm-hmm. it's great and yeah. um it's it's kind of scary like now i'm just like i don't know what i will do like now like know you know what's know. the next step you know I so. know
0: you're like immersed and you have your family you have your local yeah. community family that's mm. that's another lovely thing I I loved like when I was in Portland during that comedy festival is like seeing this sort of like sisterhood vibe between mm-hmm. Seattle and Portland too it's like everybody knew one yeah. another like yeah we don't hate
1: each other you know yeah
0: it's like yeah and and yet in the mainstream they always like pit portland and seattle against each other you know right but but like among the comedians it's like oh yeah like you know all the seattle folk knew the portland folk and i was just like wow that's so that's so nice and they even knew like the the other parts like they knew like the salem folk and like yeah yeah big connection yeah yeah i was gonna say like
1: there's there's like some places like even branch with Portland that they know mm-hmm. and and even in between like you know like Olympia uh, Tacoma mm-hmm. I, I know a lot right. of cool folks there yeah right
0: so yeah it's cool. yeah oh yeah and yeah. I I went to Seattle um I guess two years ago um, to do shows and like yeah I loved Seattle too like Seattle comedy scene was pretty sweet too and like in fact it was just like mm-hmm. random but like I was at the the underground and oh uh, yeah the headliner like i was just like talking to him in the green room he was an la comic and i was like oh wait what's up (laughs) like what are you doing he's like oh Mm -hmm. yeah i've just been touring and seattle's one of the cities i'm hitting up i'm like oh okay sweet yeah yeah so like a lot of i think west coast comics do that like west coast thing where they go up and down the whole coastal area just to do shows yeah Mm -hmm. it's
1: like they they know because they're just like oh i can't get well I could just, like, do a whole tour. Like, it's so funny. Like, every time I see, a, like, a comic who's, like, visiting, yeah. like, um, I just see, like, even on Facebook, you see all the events. It's just like, oh, they're on that show? Oh, they're on that show? Oh, okay, okay. They, they, oh, they do the whole tour? Okay. They go, <laughs> okay. So, should get on my show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, all that. Yeah. So, it's do you, funny.
0: Um, have you done, like, road gigs a lot? Or do you do the road at all?
1: Um, I'm trying to this time um, a little bit more. Um, I mean, the most I ever went out was, like, um, Hmm. let me see San Francisco I would say mm-hmm. yeah um, I love San Francisco yeah I um I was happy to like be part of the sketch fest even though like I did like technically got accepted but like I was doing the spec script show sure. out there so that was fun um but yeah. um I haven't like really like I kind of, like, want to, like, designate one, and uh, I think that's a goal of yeah. mine. So, like, after, uh, you know, these COVID times, I really want to go to, like, Austin, Denver, oh, yeah. you know, those oh, places. Yeah. Now, I was
0: supposed to go to Denver. That was mm-hmm. supposed to be my road gig oh. in April last year, and then when COVID happened and everything went to shit, I was, like, devastated. Damn. Devastated. We had booked yeah. three shows. I was supposed to do it with two other comics. Fuck. Man, that sucked. That yeah. really sucked. But, but yeah
1: i mean you know i'm just trying to save money and hopefully it'll happen you know it will happen i mean why
0: wouldn't it happen i love your energy on stage when you're you know performing that's like (laughs) my favorite thing you just bring this really like vibrant like just like gust of energy and i'm just like man it's like so nice just to see you on stage you know it's like yes (laughs) like he's doing it he's bringing it it's just like fun you know yeah you you gotta have fun well, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, um, it's just that, like, yeah, I, I, um, I think I like, uh, you know, like if you you doing the jokes that you love to do. I think yeah. like uh, I, it's just like ones where I feel like it really like relates, or I feel like oh, I'm vibing with everyone. This is mm-hmm. cool, you know, mm-hmm. um, and stuff. So uh, I think it's what like when I see that in the audience, when I get like some head nods, <laughs> just <laughs> like oh, you okay so you know so it just takes
0: like very little kind of approval and you're just like yes you know
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I see people's heads swaying, just like oh okay yeah yeah you're speaking this truth i'm just like yeah you understand
0: (laughs) like what do you do if like i mean because you know as comics we've all been there where the room is just not having it like do you Mm -hmm. do you bring the same amount of energy and gusto like when they're just like not having it
1: um, no, I, Uh. well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I try, I think, uh, that's, like, part of my, um, things, like, I try to improve on and stuff, and mm-hmm. especially, like, I like to, like, really, like, try to, especially mics, like, I try to, like, see that just, like, bomb on stage, just to, I just like to, um, like, not rant, but just, like, if I have a joke where it's just not, like, like, I don't really cut down anything, I'm just, mm-hmm. like, talking, yeah, mm-hmm. but, like, there's points where, like, um, I like to get to a point where, it's not like where you break a wall, but you just like you just tell them the audience go like, go like ah this is where we at now, huh? <laughs> y'all, yeah, y'all not, not agreeing with me, right? I get it. Okay, skinny black man from Brooklyn does not know how to talk the lingo, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I crack a little bit. I just do that. Or oh, like sometimes like when it's quiet, it's like mmm that quiet, mmm <laughs> that Musk, mmm I could. I could hear the dish rag from the bartender <laughs> wiping the tables. Yeah.
0: I know. That's like the only way to do it. Like, Ooh. I was uh, doing this, um, I guess, like a classroom interview or something. Um, yeah. Bambi Haggins, she writes about black comedy history. She's amazing. She's over at University of um, California, wow. Irvine. And, uh, uh, I was just talking to her grad students, I guess, about comedy. And, you know, that, that was one of the questions. Like, what do you do when, like, they're just not having it? Yeah. You know? And the answer is you just have to, like, acknowledge that it's not happening. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. And once you do, then people loosen up and they laugh. It's if you yeah, ignore then... it and you keep going, that's when it's fucking awkward and crazy. But people at the back of the room are dying laughing. Like, the comics love hearing other people bomb. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I was gonna say like um you can't yeah people could tell if like, you're being fake or you're just like oh this is all scripted uh, like
0: <laughs> he doesn't know what to do <laughs> like, he's, yeah, Nord- he's, not, yeah. he's just I, on just, autopilot just like yeah. just rattling his words out now you know yeah, yeah.
1: it's just like I, I feel like the audience is just like uh I, and, and when I see people bob and like I'm just like going in, um in their heads we are just like oh they just go the audience is going <laughs> along with it nice <laughs> and stuff with the audience is just like what yeah. is he doing this is is he acknowledging what's happening around him are we robots no we're not
0: Is he even here to...
1: yeah so you know um yeah. it's, it's just one of those things where you just like oh yeah they're, they're, you know the perspective of it all you yeah.
0: Just... yeah yeah my friend actually she's she's a great comic um Krista Lundberg, she actually Mm. told me about this one incident where she was at a comedy festival, actually. I can't remember where, but she was just like, she said she was bombing, and she felt herself, like, leave, you know? Like, she gave up on on the the set, basically. She was, like, three minutes in. She gave up, and so she literally sat down on the stage, head down, and she was just, like, kind of, like, wrote like kind of speaking her lines and punchlines without any, you know, regard for it. And after she got off stage, she said to herself, like, she was like, Kristen, don't ever give up on yourself like that again. And yeah. like, I was like, that's a beautiful story because when, when that's happening, when you decide like in your brain, while you're bombing not to be present anymore, Right. that's you giving up on yourself that's you abandoning yourself it's like the audience already abandoned you are you gonna abandon yourself too and i was just like man that is such an insightful story
1: yeah it's yeah, yeah. I, man i i yeah i can't imagine myself like I, like when you just said like she just like left her body i was just like oh man like yeah i could just like just picture it just like oh well this is this is yeah. how it's gonna go like you know and, <laughs> it's no, like it, yeah. It, yeah, it's like um, yeah, and you just get stuck in like that comfort zone where mm-hmm. you're just like, uh, well, you know, like, and I and I, and I feel, th- I. You know, people always come up to me and it's like, John, are you scared? Like, you know, like, talking on stage, like, in public mm-hmm. and stuff? And I'm just like, what? A lot of, we, like, a lot of people do this, you know? Like, yeah. a lot of people. Like, it's not only us and yeah. and stuff, you know? And yeah. I feel like um, those times, it's just like, you're going to have to break out of those comfort zones. And that's why I started comedy, because, like, I was yeah. just trying to practice public speaking, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. um, in college, I hated taking the class because... Yeah. Uh, they would tell you what to say or, like, give you yeah. an example. I want to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> you know? I want to talk about what's in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's my interest? Yeah.
0: There's no better lesson for a public speaking than stand-up comedy. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. if you want if you want your folks to, like, your students to learn public speaking, fucking take them to an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. They'll, they'll learn everything that they need to learn yeah exactly that is that is a comfort zone thing because like when i first started like i started i was drinking a lot you know like the first Mm -hmm. three stand-up things i did i was i was smashed like i was shit-faced like (laughs) nine vodkas on the rocks like that's how fucking wasted i was Mm -hmm. but then um you know that's also me kind of like abandoning myself that's me checking out you know and uh like somebody was just like you have to get used to the feeling of you being on stage without alcohol and just feeling it and then yeah and then getting used to that and then getting over it and i was like okay fine so and that's the comfort zone that you're speaking of you know Um, and honestly like being that wasted didn't help my nerves at all i was still i was now drunk and nervous like that's Mm. that was the issue so now before stage time i never ever drink yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I think that's with me with weed too. Like, uh, yeah, I'm just like, oh man, I'm forgetting jokes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm forgetting jokes, and I never, I never, and I, and to this day, I still haven't. And I think I messed up one time. Oh, mm-hmm. because it was 4:20. That that you could say it, but yeah. I don't like it when comments they go like, oh, sorry, I'm so high, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it just like, um, <laughs> it's just like a really like a cop out. And, it like, is. you know, even like when you bob it, you get to like, Oh, guys, I'm so
0: high. I know. And, you know, like just... the
1: audience is just like, clearly, you know? It's just. You <laughs> do even have to talk about it. I mean, it'd be funnier. Over... Yeah. It'd
0: be funnier if you were like stoned out of your mind and they're like, Are you stoned? And you're like, No. You just keep insisting that you're not. Like, that'd be funnier. You'd like, mean? Oh, that's
1: how he thinks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Poor soul. You know? Oh, man. No, I didn't uh I didn't hit up any shops when I was in Portland, like any of the, the Do you even have to? I I felt like we no. just I felt yeah. like I just
1: like threw some joints in the sky like one time <laughs> during the festival just like all right here you go everyone.
0: <laughs> Isn't it fucking crazy that New York is still like weed is still not recreationally legal in New York? Isn't that fucking crazy? Like when I when I whenever I go back to New York, I I'm always baffled by how like square they are when it comes to weed you yeah. know they're like i'll oh, hide that like what are you doing oh you what you did what and i'm like huh i'm like yeah. why are you guys so wound up about a little a little chiba What's
1: yeah the problem i did it i did a joke about um like uh especially when i oh i remember it being upstate and I was working at this camp, and it was like we had like a night off, nice. and someone had weed on them, Fuck yeah. and yeah, we smoked outside, like away from the bar. Mm-hmm. And this was like like Hicktown, like upstate oh. New York. God yeah. damn, a
0: lot of American flags, that Talk, kind of situation.
1: Like, confer- yeah, Confederate flag. I think I saw one oh. time, and I was just like, out here, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> come on, yeah. I'm just gonna even hear how they talk again. Yeah. But, anyways, it's just like, yo, we came back at the bar and, like, we probably smelled a little bit, but, we're, you mm-hmm. know, we are outside. And then, like, five minutes in, music stopped. Bartender's like, hey, who's smoking marijuana in here? Oh my God. <sighs> we're gonna kick everyone out if I smell the reefer. <laughs>
0: we can't yeah, that's,
1: that's everyone's you know. out of here I, that's my last warning i was like jesus christ
0: yeah when they call it reefer that's when you know it's not welcome i
1: was like man <laughs> calm down oh my god <laughs> jesus it's but like,
0: ridiculous
1: yeah yeah like yeah in new york i remember like um yeah it was, it was just like uh people like even when um oh yeah my joke was just like um the things that we go to get weed too like it's so hard to find it i remember yeah. going to new jersey i had to go to my my friend's like grandma's place and i hesitated i knew it i was like no i'm not going to new jersey just to smoke weed and then guess what i'm on the train already it's crazy <laughs> you know and, yeah. and and like when you bring the weed like you're mm-hmm. the hero you remember yeah. that yeah, you're the like, life of the party. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't even <laughs> imagine how you got that weed.
0: You know, <laughs> I had to go through some like underground shit in order to like get it. You know, it was like right. this massive bridge and tunnel experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For the people. <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. I it's yeah. But yeah, hey, like lately, I've been kind of off weed and I've been off alcohol. Just nice. I don't know. I'm not like sober or anything. I'm not like that. I don't have any chips or any of that. It's just, yeah, I'm just trying to stay focused a little bit, get some work done. That's good. Yeah. I Are can you see. working on anything like that? Yeah. I mean, this is podcasting It's a lot of work. Man, it's a lot of fucking work. Because oh, yeah. I know you got your game thing going, right? Like. Oh yeah. Settlers of
1: Catan. Yeah. It's a yeah. Good
0: time. You know, I play Settlers of Catan when I was like, like over ten years ago. Like these white white boy dorks that i knew like they were like Ooh. they were like yo let's play some settlers i was like what and they were <laughs> so into it i was like what is this it's got like rocks and like wood and like all this stuff they were like bonkers over settlers they were like we played this for 12 hours yesterday i was like what you know like get some sun get a little vitamin d like John- jonathan
1: idea? i'll trade you lumber for it for some brick you owe me jonathan we need That's to stop it from getting the longest round. Oh
0: god yeah, just... <laughs> They were so into it. And <laughs> that was like the only time it played. I was almost like forced to play with these like white boys. But um yeah, That's you had – you turned it into like a show, right? Like a comedy show kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And um it's it's funny, it's it's unraveling itself a bit because uh I first had it as a podcast, and mm-hmm. um, it, it was it was really fun. The thing is, I can't really show what's happening in the game, but mm-hmm. I love the chatter. I love how I was able to break it down to sections where I had like a pre-interview, where you right. know we talk about how to play the game if they're you know their first time playing, yeah. or if there's their you know everyone's experienced. We do a little yeah. bantering, you know, <laughs> you know, we try to a little
0: back you know, and
1: forth, a little yeah, poking the elbows a little bit, you know. <laughs> a little and this was. To shit yeah this was live this was like in my living room downstairs and like i would have the mic set up for everyone Mm -hmm. and stuff and um oh yeah even before that i do a little intro like a little monologue you know Mm -hmm. and then explain who's on the show but yeah the Mm -hmm. pre-interview and then in the middle this is what i do this is so interesting like i take like a little like snippet of a like a audio clip probably like one of those royalty free songs that i can Uh get and it's like one of those like medieval like Songs, you know, like do 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 do, you know, like almost <laughs> like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, yeah. So, like, it's playing over, and then, like, you hear like little audio snippets like coming in and out, like fading in and out, uh-huh. and there's like, this things that's happening in the game, and it builds a storyline. Because ah. I can't, it's gonna take like three hours if to like listen to the whole game, right. and it's just like a lot is happening, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna take like little like highlights that are happening, and it, they're really funny, yeah. And at the end, I do the post interview. Forget yeah. who won uh, yeah. lessons that they've learned like mm-hmm. kind of like debrief and stuff right so yeah
0: after you take them through like all the ringer right the game yeah i i still feel bad about it you like asked me to do it and i was like so like allergic to the notion of games at the time i still am and mm. like don't take it personally it was more like when i was in college i was dating this guy he was in medical school so i never saw him and oh, man. this motherfucker would play do you know those card games that have like elements like water and like fire it's oh, not poking. magic i think so yeah this fucker hit him and his college friend his college buddy was a dental school piece of shit <laughs> this these two fucking dorks would play that for hours all day and he my boyfriend was in medical school so I never ever saw him like we never ever got to do anything oh, and man. on his days off he would be playing magic with his piece of shit dental school friend Jesus. and just like completely ignore me i was so fed up you know i was just like I can't. and he did that the whole summer jaron the whole su- the whole fucking summer and i was just say like, i can't i when it comes to wow. games i'm just like i have this like anger associate. Oh, and also like I just don't I don't play games. Like I don't know how to play games. The only games that I played, maybe you mm-hmm. know this um those like Microsoft DOS games like Lion King Minesweep Minesweep. Did you play Dude? Like he would he was like a little dude who would collect gems like all over the caves i played dude (laughs) i played like wolfgang 3d i played that and like doom i played those when i was like you know a kid right but then after the magic card thing i was like never again yeah
1: that's the way yeah that's the way it would end Uh, your your interest in games that's how it would end definitely i yeah i I feel you on that and i i just don't understand the and those are like high salary jobs. Why do they spend the
0: time to? Lord knows. Lord, you know, what? if he had yeah. played, if he had played settlers, mm-hmm. I would have preferred it. In all honesty, because that it's Ooh. like you know you could integrate and kind of you know like they will
1: still be obsessed. I'm gonna let you be. Honest. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah. Just by the judge of it, like hmm, a dentist that a you know I could um, have been... a doctor playing.
0: I could have been a part of it, but yeah, all the, them, the magic man. card game, I was just like, no, I'm not going to educate myself in order to assimilate into your fucked up world right now.
1: I have a question. Were they like, like childhood friends before?
0: They were college friends, like college roommates or something. And now, now okay. they were in medical school. They were still students, but yeah. um, they knew each other from college back in the day. So...
1: They didn't let something go. There was like a tournament, and uh, yeah, one is seeking uh, revenge, and they haven't let it go. That's why they're still playing. I'm gonna That's be honest. i is. I'm um, gonna be honest. Yeah, because like they got some I'm just like
0: resentment. They got they yeah. have some old battles to kind of figure out. You know, his um, this you know whatever. Um, it's been years. I'm gonna share it. His mm. uh, so my my boyfriend at the time was in medical school his friend, the dental school boy, he was like a good Christian boy. You know, like very good Christian I'm with, boy. And playing
1: with magic?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm, my aunt my aunt took away my Harry Potter books. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. Sorry.
0: All right, let me um yeah. ask you some flashcard questions. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's it's, do it. It's
0: part of the thing. So the Okay. The drama that I talk about on this episode is called Beautiful Days. It stars uh chiju who is a big Hallyu star, She's big in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh also stars Yi Byung-hun. He's big in uh big all over the world. He's also big in the United States to some extent. And uh and shi-won is also part of this uh, this, this love triangle situation. So anyway, it's an old mm-hmm. school drama. It came out 20 years ago. So I'm gonna ask you some scenarios, um, questions based on the scenarios, and you just answer based on like what, what you would do in this situation, okay? All right. So let's say you're a woman in her late 20s and mm-hmm. you grew up at an orphanage as a child, okay? And okay. you now work at a record label called Victory Records as a stock clerk, all right, at the retail store. And your estranged sister, you're not blood related, but you guys met at the orphanage when you were kids and decided you're going to be sisters or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, she now hates you as a grown woman. She hates your guts because you promised to meet her on Christmas Day a few years ago. But on your way over to meet her, you got hit by a car. (laughs) And so you couldn't meet her. You got hit by a car. Come Come on. But your sister doesn't know this. All right. She doesn't know the fact that you got hit by a car and she thinks that you abandoned her because you just didn't want, you know, to another person to take care of in your life. So there's this misunderstanding. What do All you right. do?
1: Um, let's see this is going to. Yeah, we're going to we're going to have to like like talk about this and. Um, we might have to talk about like in a, in a public place because I don't want it to like to blow up like you know because like uh, like what
0: kind of this place is, I mean like a
1: coffee shop you know okay. I, I think I think like you know this is like a a really big misunderstandings mm. the second thing I'm going to do like yeah I'm going to schedule to meet yeah um, to meet her there and the second thing is I'm getting my health records of course I'm getting my wow. medical records I'm going to get like the whole <laughs> like folder ready to go in a briefcase ready to go I'm going to make it look professional yeah um, and, and here's the thing I always know about these kind of talks because I always um, I do like trainings about like team development like storming periods especially mm. in a friendship this is a yes. storming stage you know yes. and with this storming stage I think it's really important to kind of understand and value the friendship and the sisterhood that I, we developed with right. all these years from the orphanage and yeah. kind of reminder of the good times and yeah. now that will lead into my, um, my journey and especially the accident and that's something <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) where i can lead into while she's like all bubbly inside where she's just like oh yeah this is yeah this is our life and stuff Mm -hmm. and then you know because we're going to get to that point where she wants to understand what happened why you didn't meet me at christmas and this is what i wanted to explain to you you know and kind of like kind of bring it all in kind of just make sure that she kind of um sees that the story like um what i went through and what she's going through intertwines and mm-hmm. with within that that's what makes you know our friendship stronger and that's what makes yeah. us more sisters
0: yeah yeah show her the evidence show her that like you oh yeah, like, yeah yeah Sh- yeah yeah show the evidence.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> the, like the x-ray you know holding up to the light as you can say this is my doctor's card really good doctor <laughs> and stuff oh my yeah. health insurance don't worry about it thank you though
0: yeah it's just a big misunderstanding a car right. hit her yeah yeah okay but-
1: that's the thing too. Like um, I always see, like especially in movies, like things mm-hmm. could unravel if you feel like, like um, I like, don't you know, like emotions take over and mm. and things like that. Not only like emotions take over, but like it's like a like a um, push pull kind of game, kind of mm-hmm. like um, oh, this is about me. But it's right. not about you. No, it's about me, not about you. Like that. So <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very good point. Yeah. When you make it about yourself. You will never get anywhere. Yeah. Right. Some compromise, some understanding, compassion, empathy. Those things need to be integrated mm-hmm. for you to communicate. Very good. I like. And that. they want
1: validation too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. It's all about the ego. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Very good. So, okay. Your boss. Yeah. So you're the you're the same store clerk lady. Right. The older sister. Okay. Um, your okay. boss at Victory Records. He's this handsome guy in his late twenties and. He's the son of the record label's president. That's What's right. That? Yes. He he hands you a cell phone and tells you to only accept his phone calls from that cell phone. That he'll call you whenever this motherfucker he also grabs you by the wrist and drags you to like public events you know like fucking gets your hair done your makeup done throws some shoes on you throws a nice dress and shawl on you and drags you to public events whenever he wants and he never explains himself ever he just does as he pleases and uh yeah he just makes you do things without your consent but he's your boss right Mm. and he's hot what do you do
1: Okay, so like we're already into this situation already, like he's already like um, yeah, taking me to these public places, the phone mm-hmm. is already intact, right, mm-hmm. like okay, so we're we're in that situation already, mm-hmm. um, I think it's uh I think it would be that time where um, I feel especially hmm, I would say, like, yeah, I would say it would probably have to be at work, especially if there's times, like, if he's, like, like checking in and whatever, I think the idea, my emotional state, which is really going to be, like, frustration, mm-hmm. uh, because um, I think uh, the idea is that, like, I feel being used, and mm-hmm. I, I don't appreciate it, I believe I'm a person who has feelings, yeah. Um, I, I think I like it when people ask me how my day was, mm-hmm. things like that, What what is this, I want to ask him, <laughs> huh? I we go to these places and stuff. Do you even know who I am? Do you know what's my birthday? (laughs) I want to ask. And yeah, I might make a scene. Because it's understandable. I'm not like an an object. I'm not like like a trophy or anything like that. What's with this phone? Is this even professional? (laughs) My well-being. Do you have any empathy? You want to be in my shoes? My shoes, like, they hurt my feet. You want to be in my shoes? I'm walking up and down in my apartment thinking, What's up with this guy? you know <laughs> yeah. okay. what is this i'm gonna be direct with him that's what i'm gonna i'm gonna say I'll let him know like what's on my yeah. mind yeah. Uh, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, what is this what's going on mm.
1: but but I think it's like something like even um man this this sounds like a good movie like so the th- <laughs> I feel like within that kind of scenario, he like I I always try to think of people's like uh, with their minds at it, like especially for that dude to um, to be doing yeah. that, he's thinking like, oh, that's what like, um, I, and again I'm not, I'm not sure like his character is like to think like, oh, women just wants like like money and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, uh, yeah, I'm giving her everything I, she wants, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But no, it's just like it, it's gonna be of a, a point and to kind of understand like, hey. I'm really upset. I have all the reasons to be upset right yes. now, kind of thing.
0: hmm Yeah. You can't be treating a grown-ass woman like this. Oh, no.
1: That's weird, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's okay. not professional. It's not. It's not. It's toxically masculine mm-hmm. and unprofessional. Yes. Since all right.
1: 2020.
0: Yeah, hello. Get with it. All right, so you're the... You're the second son of the president of Victory Records, okay? So you're this like asshole guy's younger brother. Okay. Um, your older brother and your younger sister, they're half siblings. They treat mm. you and your mother like shit because you were the love child conceived by your father outside of his first marriage, all right? And yeah. his first marriage, your father's first marriage is where your older brother and younger sister, half siblings were born to with the first mm. wife. But after the first wife died, As soon as the first wife died, your father brought you and your mother into the house and, yeah, married her ass. Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh. So for good reason, your older brother and younger sister hate you and hate your mother. Okay, But one day, you find out that your father is actually not your blood-related father. In fact, the man you called your father actually killed your real father. All right. And then he married your mother who was pregnant with you at the time because he wanted to raise you like his own son so that you will never avenge your real father's death. What do you do?
1: Oh, damn. (laughs) Okay. All right. This is a pickle. (laughs) Lord. Man. Wow. Not a lot of people on my side. That's okay um damn you threw me on a twist there because i was i was gonna say i need to get out of this business (laughs) i'm still gonna do that oh my god all right i'm still gonna yeah uh, listen like and you know and my mom like and my me and my mom has a still has a cool relationship right Yeah. yeah okay how does she feel with um her new husband though
0: she it's... lived a very quiet life like in shame you know in shame yeah okay uh, and she was a good woman stand-up woman but mm-hmm.
1: yeah. this this looks like i i have to plan a lot of like um i, I would have to plan this out it seems like i'm gonna have to have a t- um have an understanding with my mom to kind of realize like hey you don't want to be living this way here's mm-hmm. my plan Right. And I'm going to drop a really important plan. I think it's, the, it's time to get out of the business. We're going to run. We're going to get out of there. Yes. All right. And yes. um, and I, I I know what you think. I think I'm going to kill them. You know, blow up the house. <laughs> Wait. No, no. I'm going to call the cops. That's that's number oh. one. Um. Now here's the thing, though. Like, um, man, I wish. Uh, I wish it was a lead on like if there's any evidence or anything like that, mm. but um, if there's yeah, if there's evidence, um, if my mom's holding something, I want her to understand here's the plan. I'm gonna invest all this money. you know, I'm like, gonna get this company, this shell company, LLC company where you know um, all anything business finance, the money that he cannot touch. It's going to be there okay yeah. all right and then we're going to get out of the, we're going to get out going to go to another country we're going to settle down uh-huh. and yeah mom you're going to find someone awesome you're going to do great <laughs> and you know um I'm, yeah. I'm going to be here to protect you uh-huh. uh, they won't forget when change names uh, passports change my hair color oh, wow. um yeah um Transformation. Yeah, transformation and yeah, because like yeah, I'm gonna let you know right now, I'm not down with that. I'm not gonna be the family dynasty, you know, I'm not gonna live, you know, the succession life there. Yeah. You know. I'm already hearing the theme song from the from the T V show. But um yeah, yeah it just reminds me of succession i'm not gonna i it's what told me just like uh your dad <laughs> jared your dad like us uh, you have all this wealth and all this power i'm just gonna like i don't want it <laughs> <laughs> no thank it's you it's all despair destruction <laughs> i'm gonna take a little i'm gonna take this a little bit yeah and i'm gonna invest it
0: but that's it <laughs> i'm out of here <laughs> Just a tiny bit of the blood money, just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little. This is off for all, of.
1: all the emotional abuse that you yeah. put me through. I'm gonna take the compensation. it.
0: Compensation. That's all it yeah. is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet deal. Transformation. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. All right. You. So, uh, okay, Ooh, you're, you're back one. to. that uh, was. That was. That was a pickle. Uh, but mm. you, you got through it. So you're you're back to being the first son okay. of Victory Records. Okay. You're that asshole handsome oh, oh, guy. Oh who treats the store clerk orphan lady like crap. Mm, yes. But you but you like this store clerk orphan lady, all right? You mm-hmm. you have feelings for her. That's why you treated her like, gar- like garbage, right? And you want to marry her. So you propose to her, and then you tell her to meet you at a church where you'll get officially engaged in front of her younger sister and her friends and all that, all right? But then right. on the day of your official engagement, you find out that your dad killed your younger brother's real dad and married a pregnant woman who treated who you treated like shit your whole life. And you also treated your younger brother like shit your whole life because you thought they were your father's mistress mistress and bastard son. But turns out all the success that you and your father are sitting on now are actually a stolen career from the man your father murdered. All right. And you feel so much shame and regret that you don't think you can face the woman you're about to marry what do you do
1: oh boy <laughs> man
0: and she's waiting at the altar she's waiting she's
1: waiting at the altar shit
0: <laughs> she's TikTok, all dolled up
1: right yeah man i only got 5 minutes to figure this out okay hey, listen this yeah i mean i there's a there's a lot my world is breaking down here <laughs> you know like things just don't make any sense who am i i'm yelling out in the streets who am i, I do a little twirl like ah it's raining <laughs> and um yeah and i'm just like i need to figure out who i am
0: mm.
1: you know i have to yeah. figure out and do i if i don't if i haven't figured out myself have i figured out the people around me mm. is this the right step mm. you know i always and this is um I think this is what I I think I would do. I think um processing all this and um especially like the journeys of my life and me starting over a lot, I sure. feel like it's like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like not only clearing my conscience but like living starting over to know who exactly who I am and what mm-hmm. I wanna do with my Perfect. life, who I wanna love. Mm-hmm. And I think if I go and meet her and if this is something that I wanna pursue, I don't think now I would just just meet her But I think I'll meet her later. I don't think at the altar. Mm -hmm. I think this will take a lot of time because again, um, this is tearing me up emotionally, Mm -hmm. and I know it's tearing up her emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she wants to go along with it. I Mm -hmm. think she's gonna. It's either it's gonna be an airport scene. It's gonna might be like at a train station or she's Mm -hmm. leaving somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, wait, what's her name? Uh, Trying to think of her name.
0: Uh, Um, Youngsu. (laughs) Youngsu.
1: Youngsu. Youngsu. And I'm running. (laughs) And like, she's about to get on the plane like, Young-Soo! I know you don't know me. And I- I don't think I- I don't know you, but I wanna- Hi. I'm Jason. Can I take you out? I wanna get to know Young-Soo. But Jason! You know me, we worked at the record store, like- can listen? I don't know who I was back there. <laughs> and I think I want to get to know you. And I think you want to get to know me. Mm. And the one that you knew back there, that wasn't me. That was me who's trying to impress m- my family. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. you know... I, I that's, um, that's how I picture it's gonna be. I think, um, mm. if if the love is there, and and if um, the idea where like um, you're gonna have to process for all the family stuff of especially the the fighting and you know and, and you just realize all of that was just negative and it's something that's like positive you want to pursue. Right. Like why not? There again, there's still a great chance of you just starting over. You know, taking that little bit of money though. Take mm-hmm. a little bit of money. You know, invest bit. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. make it yours. And then, you know, maybe yeah. have a farm. And, you, you know, and yes. next, you know you, you know, you get to marry uh later on. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, I'm so happy we did this. I get to know you. You get to know me. You know my birthday. You know, all of that. <laughs> right. So...
0: Yeah, that's actually very good like very insightful and beautiful kind of character analysis. Yeah. That's pretty much what happens in the show. Yeah. He, mm, okay. he does it. He doesn't show up at the altar. He goes to a hotel, locks himself up, gets drunk off his ass, cries a lot. Yeah, it's mm. yeah, and then he breaks it off with her for a bit. Ooh. Oh
1: okay. yeah, right. wow. I could be yeah. a director. Nice.
0: You could. You genuinely could. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So okay, last question. Yeah. All right. You're, you're still this uh, Victory Records first son guy, all right? Okay. Now Now you're a complete bum. You lost everything, all right? Damn, I took the deal with my money now. Because it got, it got revealed that, you know, Victory Records is like, you know, sitting on blood, on a man's blood, and it's just the stocks dropped, and yeah, you're, you're flat broke. Hmm. You have nothing, and your father is heartbroken because your stepmother actually committed suicide after finding out. The truth, all right. So and and you can't get over this orphan store clerk lady that you broke up with, all right? Oh, You you still you still want to be with her, but you feel like your father's shame is preventing you from being with her. Same same deal as before. But one day you find out that your lady is actually diagnosed with leukemia. She's about to die. What do you do?
1: <laughs> oh, this is so much! I just wanted to run the record store for my father. Okay, um. <laughs> this is a lot. Okay, all right. So, I, I I'm gonna go back to one thing, and here's the thing: um, there there has to be, you know, people has to repent, and my dad, he's a killer. Yeah. He needs to understand it and he has to face the music i'm gonna mm-hmm. tell him to turn himself in
0: mm-hmm.
1: he has to do it there's nothing like like about it you know yeah. he's gonna he's gonna either hurt himself or hurt other more other people because mm-hmm. he just doesn't get it and he needs to like face the music i'm gonna help yeah. him with that mm-hmm. if not i'm gonna have to call i'm gonna have to call them you already ruined the family. I got nothing left, right. you know, because I have some. I have another thing I have to deal with, which is Young Sue, who, she? yeah, yeah did leukemia. I'm going to take care of her, of course, mm. you know. I'm scared the next thing you're going to tell me there's kids involved. <laughs> I'm
0: just like, right? <laughs> <God
1: damn." laughs> <laughs> but... Okay. But I want to say this though. I I'm gonna take care of it. I don't have a lot of money because you know, as I as he said, like you know, I'm living out as a bum and all that. And mm-hmm. um, I uh, I'm gonna to try to put my business. You know, I'm gonna take business school uh, again, and um, I'm gonna to try to uh, you know create you know uh, create more like knowledge of myself around businesses and 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 and, 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 and charities. And um, oh. and this is what i'm gonna do. I'm gonna put my mind into something i I think while I'm doing this hospital visit and I'm done with the business school and classes, I'm gonna try to run a um a charity where I might take up some running I'm do a little like marathon, you okay. know raise money in order to help young Sue to beat leukemia and um <laughs> yeah. and um yeah, and I don't know what's the next part, but I feel like I'm doing a lot of noble things. <laughs> <laughs> and up to this point i i think things are going to pull through cuz yeah. you know i have a lot of integrity so <laughs> yeah there it
0: is there it is it works out for them yeah okay yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right it was the marathon he did the marathon right oh,
0: um that second younger son the one that finds out like his real father was murdered on a Mm-hmm. That guy becomes a very successful record producer, and he has a shit ton of money. And he actually Ooh. loves Yunsu as well. There was this love triangle situation. So oh. he financially supports her medical expenses, and they find a bone marrow donor that matches hers in Japan, and it all works out.
1: Oh, so what you try trying to say is while I was trying to raise money, I found out he was taking the expenses. I'm mm-hmm. just like, bro, what
0: the fuck? Yep, 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 yeah. yep. It's, yeah it's never it's never a clean cut kind of romance in korean dramas it's always going to be some yeah. drama
1: well i mean only yeah because like and they just add more to it i'm like man
0: wow yeah it, t- it takes you through the rigor i saw this drama when i was in middle school can you imagine as an adolescent girl the ups and downs that i experienced Jesus. watching this week by week
1: yeah <laughs> like I could imagine if just, like, one problem that happened, uh, <laughs> and then you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, we solved that one, what's the next problem, or I know <laughs> something else is coming up, yeah. Like...
0: And worse, and worse, all at once, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was so nice oh, talking you, Jared. You're yeah, so grace, to you, Jaren. Yeah, Grace, yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is awesome. Um, like I said, I, uh, we try to make it, you know, we try to make it through what we do, but this was yes. really fun.
0: Thanks, man. Next week, I'm going to be talking about Successful Story of a Bright Girl. It stars Chang Hyuk and Chang Nara. It's another old school Korean drama. I love this show. And the guest for next week is also a remarkable human being. So please remember to tune in. You guys, I got another fan letter. So I will read it to you. Dear Grace, I stumbled upon your podcast while searching for something about my mister, and I have binge streamed almost every episode. I thoroughly enjoy them, they are a bit addictive. I was listening to your most recent podcast, episode 14, with Dr. Chiyun, and the comment that Dr. Chiyun made about her parents. Watching the drama to learn about her daughter's dating landscape triggered something in me. I watched Sky Castle just after it was released, and I wasn't prepared for the effect it would have on my own life. As a father of, at, a, at the time, a 24-year-old son, on his way to a Ph.D. in neuroscience, Sky Castle reminded me of his high school years and his current university attendance. It caused me to look back at myself and my son through high school. I ended up sitting down with my son and talking to him about school, his high school years, current school, parental pressure and drive and wanting to reassure him that I would be happy no matter what he did, as long as he was happy. He knew that I watched Korean dramas and probably thought I was nuts. So it was more for me to shed some of my Catholic guilt. Sky Castle had a universality to it in the parent-child relationships that surprised me. I say surprised because in many Korean dramas, I find the parent-child relationships to be so different from my own experiences. I think Sky Castle was a bit over route with hyper real parent-child relationships, but I still think it did something no American television show has done for me. It is not the only Korean drama to trigger a bit of introspection and maybe not the best example. I should say that I am a 59 year old white guy from Canada raised in a first generation Italian family in a much different world. anyway hope that makes sense and great podcast thanks Andrew thank you Andrew for sharing this lovely letter I'm so happy that you and your son got to have this heart-to-heart chat Um, I'm so happy that you got to shed some of your Catholic guilt I mean my god that's real I mean that is some real reckoning good for you for doing that it's not easy to do and I am so happy that you did it I celebrate you I support you keep on with that path man there's no there's no need to harbor shame and guilt right we need to liberate ourselves from these feelings so that we can pursue happiness and and you know share happiness around all the people that we're surrounded by so i'm so happy that you had that moment with your son congratulations to you and your son for him pursuing his phd in neuroscience i think that's amazing i think it's genuinely cool that you're a 59 year old white guy from canada Uh, from an Italian first-generation family. I think that's awesome. And um, I genuinely appreciate you as a listener. So thank you for writing to me. Yeah, I don't think it's weird at all that you watch Korean dramas. I think it's fantastic. A lot of people watch Korean dramas, all kinds of people. And I I doubt that you're the only 59-year-old white man from Canada watching Korean dramas. I genuinely doubt that. I think there are many 59-year-old white men in Canada listening to this podcast and watching Korean dramas as we speak. So if you're a 59-year-old white man living in Canada, just write to me. You could write email to email me at ktravelschool at gmail.com. Just say hello. Say, hey, what's up, Grace? I'm a 59-year-old white guy from Canada. All right. I listen to your podcast and I most recently watched a Korean drama on Netflix, on Hulu, on whatever. Okay, folks, if you have questions, if you have if you have something on your minds, just email me. I'm happy to talk about it and address it on this podcast. I appreciate your your listening. Thank you to the new subscribers who subscribed on my YouTube channel. Thank you for people who subscribed on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you guys haven't had a chance to subscribe to my YouTube channel, I'm asking you to please subscribe to my YouTube channel and uh if you could leave five stars on Apple and leave a nice little review I, that would also help a great deal, you know? I mean we're I'm doing this one day at a time, you guys. One day at a time. It is a lot of work, okay? Um in many regards it's a it's a thankless task, okay? But, you know, I mean living as an artist in America, I'm used to doing thankless things. <laughs> I'm an academic as well. It is the most thankless thing, right? And yet here we are. Here we are combining all of my thankless skills and talents, and uh, recording and putting these out into the stratosphere. But for those of you who are listening, thank you. I genuinely appreciate you. You guys, uh, you guys keep me, you guys keep me hanging on. Follow me on all the socials at K Drama School, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. You know the deal. You could also like the page on Facebook, whatever it is. I'm here. I'm listening. Say hello, reach out, be nice to one another. Thank you. I will see you all next week.